Hello, everybody. My name is Adam Wink. And if you're confused about where you are, you are on the Empty River Meditation Podcast. If this isn't where you plan to be, well, too late. You already started it. You have to finish it now. But if this is where you thought you're supposed to be, well, then you're in luck because you picked a great episode to click on today. Usually, whenever you hear my voice, you're expecting me to be teaching you things about meditation or maybe guide you through meditation. But today... I won't be doing most of the talking. Instead, you're going to get to listen to my wonderful sister, Tara. She is our first guest on the podcast, one, because I knew I could work out the kinks of interviewing with her, but also, she's a doula. And for those of you who don't know what a doula is, I'm not going to tell you, because we talk about it in the interview, but a little bit more background information on Tara. She has been married for eight years. She's a mother of one, expecting another child here soon. She's an IT security consultant, part-time doula, and just has an overall love for mental health and wellness studies and the brain. She's one of the first people that introduced me to a lot of the psychological concepts that have spurred me into my fascination with things like meditation and mental health. So needless to say, she's pretty great. She's my sister. I love her. She's one of my best friends. And I really enjoyed recording this podcast with her. It seemed perfect to have her on as the first guest. And I hope you guys enjoy our conversation as much as I did recording it with her. So without further ado, here's Tara Wink, everybody. Hello, Tara. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> Uh, I'm super excited and a little anxious. <laughs> this is my first podcast. Yeah, this is my first time recording somebody else in the middle of a podcast. It's not just me, so it's a little different. It's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Luckily... We speak a lot, so yeah, shouldn't yeah. feel too awkward. Yeah. That is one. That's one reason why I picked you as my first yeah. guest because I knew that it'd be a little more conversational and yes. less like forced. I guess everything I've done so far is so educational. So this is like. Well, this is also my favorite topic to speak to about anyone. People probably now avoid me at my workplace because they're like, oh, no, don't let her corner you with birth talk. So, <laughs> so yeah, when someone asks me to talk about one of my favorite subjects, so I'm yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you for making this time. Right, we're having to fit this in late at night to get this taken care of, but we're doing it. So. That's right. I guess we'll hop right in if you're ready. Sure. So first question I have for you is explain for other people what a doula is and what a doula does. So a lot of people confuse doulas with midwives and we are not the same thing at all. <laughs> I'm first just going to say a, a midwife is basically like a medical professional. So would be kind of like what an OB would be, but they don't do surgery. So they do all forms of birth. Um, but a doula is more of an emotional and physical support person for women. And we help support women throughout their pregnancy. And we show up at the birth. We offer postpartum care. But doulas serve a huge role in the birthing community from the moment um, someone finds out that they've conceived. So you know, we're a great educational resource. We help people get connected with if they want a midwife or if they you know want to go to a doctor's office, you know, getting people set up with appointments just different resources they might need for a chiropractor or just whatever they need throughout 
pregnancy. We help women create birth plans and find out how they do want to birth, where they feel safest. We show up when women go into labor at their homes and we help them labor and decide when it's time to transfer. If they're, you know, if they're not having a home birth, they're so we'll travel with you to a birthing center or to a hospital, just wherever your birthing destination is, we go with you and we stay by your side the entire time. We're not in and out of the room, kind of like nurses may be. Um, and our focus is not anything medical. So we're not you know, checking anyone's cervix or blood pressure. We are there to be your emotional support the entire time, which is very powerful for a lot of people. We help women with uh, getting positioned well so that their labor progresses and that they're comfortable. We help people be a good advocate for themselves. We're not there to be anyone's voice, but because we do so much footwork up front over knowing the mother's wishes during the actual laboring process, we're a good person to step in and remind the mother of what her wishes were and help her ask good questions. You know, if birth takes a different route, doulas are known for helping lower the C-section rates. And just because we help labor progress so well, usually. <laughs> um, and then after labor, you know, we go get mom and family food <laughs> and make sure everyone's fed and we get people set up with breastfeeding. But a doula really is there to help honor the wishes of a mother and make sure that the birth she has is one where her voice is heard. And even if birth can't happen the way that she planned it, that she was a part of the decision-making process and that she went into her labor feeling really well-prepared and having a plan. So, so do let's do a lot. It's a really cool role. Yeah. I think whenever you first got into, Oh, well, obviously your first birthing experience taught me a lot. I didn't know, of course, like we grew up in the U S and there's just sure. not as much discussion on midwives and doulas and stuff. And it's uh, it was really insightful to see, just how impactful having that other element. Cause you mentioned when you were talking about nurses, not being able to be in, in the room the whole time. So yeah. even just, you may have a spouse that can be there. You may have a family that can be there, but to have someone who has a lot of knowledge about birth right. to be there and be looking for those specific needs and trained to be handling you in that stage is, sure. is super comforting, which is, a, I'm sure as we'll talk about, plays a big role <laughs> in the birthing stuff. But next question I've got for you, Obviously, now we kind of know what a doula is, but why were you attracted to becoming a doula? What was your motivation for getting into this? Well, I had no idea what a doula was until <laughs> until I became pregnant <laughs> with my first and did a lot of research. And we were first time parents and didn't know, you know, is this really something we want to budget for? You know, this could be expensive. And, you know, is it really needed? And, <laughs> uh, you know, the deeper we dug, I was like, yeah, because... That's a lot of pressure to put on your partner to be that sole birth coach. I and mean, it's not a natural role that I think my husband would have fallen into. Not that he's not like a great emotional support person, <laughs> but <laughs> but for birth, it just felt like it was going to be such an important moment that I I didn't want that pressure on him. And so we'd interviewed some doulas and you know, I, I kind of just learned like, oh, okay. So the doula isn't here to be the star of my birth or be the coach. The doula can be there just to support the spouse and teach the spouse. Here's what we want to do with this part of the labor. Here's when we don't need to talk, or here's how you can be really useful or dance with her, hold her hands, you know, you know, get the water. They can kind of talk on the sidelines and help your partner be the focal point with you or whoever, you know, you're, you want your birth support person to be. So it's not like the doula is like stealing the role. 
of birth coach, but they, they can be that for you. But, you know, after having a doula and after having, you know, given birth, I just found it to be one of the most <laughs> empowering experiences. And I talked to so many women leading up to our birth and there were just so many fear stories and trauma stories about birth. And I had just made up my mind that I, that wasn't going to be my birth story. And, uh, <laughs> and so after, after having my own experience, I think I became a doula because I really wanted to help protect other women and help empower them. There's just so many, so many things about birth that were not taught through general educational systems that are provided by hospitals. There's, there's just so much knowledge and information to know and having somebody that can really help guide you through all of the overwhelming amount of knowledge that's just dumped on a new mother and say, Hey, let's focus on these things and just be your your pregnancy and birth guide. It just meant everything to me. And so, yeah, I think I just, I just felt really, really called to do that. You hear about people, they're like, oh, I was born to play piano. I, was, <laughs> I, I can't help it. I had to, I had to be an artist. I had to do this. And like, when I think about being a doula, I'm like, it just felt like this clicked for me. I'm like, this feels so natural for me. And I just feel in my zone when I'm there supporting women in this you know, facet of life. So I don't know. I, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, just I'm so pleased that like <laughs> this is a thing that people can do. They can be doulas, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I don't have to be like responsible for anybody's life. But I get to be, you know, that emotional and physical support person for everyone there, and I get to help make someone's birth just something really special for them, no matter what route it goes. I get to just give them help, help them find their voice and be a part of that, and it's really, really rewarding. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. That was. (laughs) (laughs) It's my passion. I told you. (laughs) You get me going. I can't stop. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're both the talkers in the family, too. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) We have no problem uh, voicing what we think. So, (laughs) yeah, no, I uh, I really, I think you point out some big stuff. It's kind of crazy. You're talking about things being a calling. And I find oftentimes, even in my own life, it's like until you've experienced it for yourself, you don't realize what you were missing. Sure. And to me, that's why when I've heard you tell stories and heard other people's testimonies about having a doula or a midwife or, or some sort of supporting element like that, it's like you didn't realize that there was this blind spot of your emotions and your comfort and your safety and, and having... You, you didn't realize that was even... You, you were just worried about the medical portion of it sure. and, and what the doctors were saying. And not to say that they don't play a very critical role, but there is... You could have a better experience by having that mental part and that loving... I guess having that comfort you know, is, is huge. And having a guide that's an expert in that seems pretty beneficial. So kind of transitioning. Sure. We're going to talk a little bit about, which you've already spoke a little bit, but, you know, your own natural birthing experience and how did you feel like you can talk about meditation and visualization. You can also just talk about mindset in general went into that process. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel that your mind, what role did it play in impacting the way you experienced birth? Sure. That's a very loaded question. Yeah. So (laughs) I'll try to remember to let you talk some. (laughs) Like I said, you know, when we first found out we were pregnant, 
everyone I'd known, you know, went to the hospital to birth. I didn't know anyone who had had an unmedicated birth that was completely foreign to me. I didn't know what a midwife was. I didn't know what a doula was. <laughs> and, you know, but I, I felt like I'd heard so many mothers say, oh, I wanted to try that. But then they got to the hospital and one thing, one intervention would lead to another. And then people would end up kind of going through the, you know, just the whole hospital process. And it didn't turn out being the way that they necessarily had wanted. Um, and I just thought, the more I educate myself, you know, maybe this will be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we were living in Nashville and I just started researching. I didn't even know what hospital we would go to because it you know, wasn't our home city. And so I, I learned that there was a birthing center there called Baby and Co. And they're now owned by Vanderbilt. So I think it's like the Vanderbilt birthing center now. But I was like, let's go, let's go tour it. <laughs> and so, you know, we checked out the birthing center and my mind was just blown. It was like going to a hotel. <laughs> they had birthing suites and, you know, these big, big tubs and all the rooms, showers, a queen size bed so that you know, your partner could be in the bed with you after and you could you know hold the baby together, which is really nice. Anyone that's been to a hospital knows there's like nowhere in the room for dad to rest. <laughs> um, so I don't know, it was just, it was just such an interesting perspective on like, wow, people just give birth in these, these suites, you know, and they had all of these different tools in the room, you know, birthing balls, just different things to squat with and just things I'd never heard of. And so the more research we did through the birthing center and, you know, taking the educational classes they offered little by little, I'm hearing, you know, there's, there's other first time parents there and they're all talking about what they're doing to get ready. And there was a couple that was doing, I think they were doing hypno babies, which is very similar to hypno birthing. They're slightly different, I think, but I was like, what is that? You know, right away, my mind was like, this is too crunchy for me. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, okay, this, this is too crunchy. And I don't, con- oops, I don't consider myself to be this like, kind of a person, but, but I was like, I got to look it up. I'm looking up everything. And so you know, I, I start researching what is hypnobirthing. And I was like, wow, this, this is actually a real thing. <laughs> and people pay to go to classes and, you know, they, they they were reading all of these scripts to each other, to their partners. And, and there's different ways that people approach hypnobirthing. But for this couple, it was, you know, they were reading a script to each other, a lot of birth affirmations, and they were meditating together. And I remember thinking like, I can't see my husband doing this. It would sound so unnatural coming out of his mouth, (laughs) him trying to be like the voice leading my meditation. I just thought this would not be for us. (laughs) But I, you know, I kind of went down a rabbit hole and found, uh, you know, other content. And I ended up purchasing a hypnobirthing home study course by Catherine Clark. And I I believe she's Australian and (laughs) I loved hearing her voice. And so, you know, that's what I did. I started like, I, you know, there was a, a, like a really large PDF that came with the content and it just talked all about what hypnobirthing was and gave the history behind it. And it just, things just started making so much sense to me in my mind about how the mind and the body are just so interlocked. We can't, we can't separate them. We can't just focus on the body during birth. Like your mind drives so much hormonally of what's happening and your hormones entirely drive birth. And so being able to relax and let the hormones that need to be working be at the forefront of everything just helps labor progress and just makes the experience so different. So 
yeah, we, we ended up having a water birth at the birthing center and I didn't end up playing the meditations while I was in labor, but I had listened to them so many times that I just could hear the lady's head <laughs> in it or not hear her head. I could hear her voice in my head <laughs> while I labored and I, I, I just become so comfortable reaching that meditative state, that place of relaxation. And I'd practice the visualizations of being in a really serene, comfortable place. I'd practice the breathing. And so it was very natural for me to relax throughout my labor. And we had just such an amazing birth. It was intense, but it, it never felt at any point like like it was too much to manage. I never had fear going into birth. Hmm. And I think that was something that I, I wouldn't have been able to overcome without doing meditation. Hmm. So prior to hypnobirthing visualizations, had you done much meditation beforehand? Not really. <laughs> you know, I think a couple times, like maybe in a class here or there, uh, just for fun, but I hadn't taken meditation seriously. I didn't truly believe like how powerful it could be. Again, it, it did just kind of seem like a really crunchy thing. <laughs> but when I read about it and how the brain works during meditation and how birth works, the brain, you know, there's just the different systems of the brain that are activated and, you know, closed off during birth. It just, it just made total sense. Yeah. I think a lot of people... I mean, obviously, I think we could all benefit from like a daily practice, but I also like to point out that it's just like training a muscle for an event. So in a way, you knew you were going to give birth. You knew that there was going to be certain mental obstacles that were going to come up and it was a tool or a way to train so that when you were in that, you could fall back on your training, fall back on these mental strategies that you experienced through the visualization practice. Absolutely. And, and that's something else that I really think was, I'd like to point out is that you didn't have much practice prior to this right and through, and <laughs> no so, it was brand new <laughs> so i think a lot of people when they think oh well you know the only people who benefit from meditation are like these monks or whoever up in the mountains that like make themselves levitate or whatever other woo woo stuff but it's sure. like you come down to more of a realistic practice of i'm about to give birth and i just want to have a better experience meditation can help you with that a little bit you know what i'm saying i mean there's sure. a lot that goes into it not saying it's the end all be all but I just think it's, I think you're a good example of using it to train for an event and helping you get to that event. Sure. And I mean, I can talk a little deeper too about what exactly hypnobirthing focuses on. So many women, women, we love to tell our, our traumatic stories about birth. And so women fear birth. All we talk about is how painful birth is. And so, you know, I could tell a woman all day, oh, I had this great birth. And they're probably going to think, well, you were really lucky. And not to say that I wasn't lucky. Just anything can happen, but the deep-rooted fear that we all have is there in our society. We are not raised in a culture now where people are like, you're going to have a pain-free birth. We all talk about pain, and hypnobirthing is trying to sell a pain-free birth. And again, that when you first start looking into it, you're like, this is too good to be true. <laughs> um, but... Again, like, you know, we're, we're such critical thinkers now. And so I can tell you all day, you're going to have this amazing birth. It's not going to hurt. We're going to do this, this, and this. But deep down, no matter how much experience I have as a doula, women are still going to have that fear. And so the meditations, when your brain enters a meditative state, 
your more primitive brain, your deeper subconscious brain becomes more receptive to believing the message you send it. And so most of the meditations that I was guided through, there were so many different that came with like the hypnobirthing home study course. Um, but you know, some of them are like 10 to 15 minutes and some of them went 30 to 45 minutes, you know, and, and we just kind of, you know, you switched them up and you listened to different ones, different days, but you know, you always started off with breathing and relaxing. And then it was just a lot of positive affirmations and a lot of talk about birth and why things were going to go well and reminding you of birth being natural and instinctual. And then, you know, we paired it with all of the content in the PDF. So you had a physical understanding of what happens during birth. Birth isn't some mystery suddenly. And so, you know, as you visualize giving birth, you know, you could visualize what was happening within your body and it just helped it helped me overcome that fear, right? So when, when I went into labor, I didn't feel scared. I felt excited. <laughs> you know, the deeper part of my brain believed hmm. this isn't going to be some traumatic, awful experience. You know, I had this calm. I was, I was, I had practiced relaxing and I believed that I could do this. So it, it just shifted that mindset. And I, I don't think that's something we can just tell women because we are overly critical and we can't just believe things at surface level. It takes a lot for our deeper subconscious to change what we deep down think. And some of the meditations also walked through helping people focus and quiet their minds and think, what am I scared of about birth? Because a lot of people can't pinpoint what their fear is around birth. For some people, it's not birth itself that's scary. It's, I don't have a partner here with me to raise my child. And that's my fear about being a parent in birth. So I don't want to give birth because hmm. I'm scared of what's going to happen. Or maybe your fear was a traumatic story you'd heard or, you know, so many, so many different fears that people have. I'm not financially ready to have this baby, you know, just so many things. And so the meditations help people to really quiet their minds and think, what is it that has me so frightened right now? Because you can't go into birth feeling fearless, carrying all of that extra weight. And it's really hard for people to just kind of quiet their minds because we're so busy now and really hear hear their thoughts. So that was really interesting. Just having a, a, a guided meditation just by myself and then me thinking, what am I worried about? And getting to process that. It was so healing and just so interesting. And it just wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of like schools or like traditions that teach mindfulness that Buddhist, Christian, all kinds of different schools of beliefs. But a lot of them, they all start off with just basic mindfulness meditation. Mm -hmm. And most people get really stuck on the watching the breath thing when they don't realize the main point of the practice is becoming very aware and looking at that chatter that's in your head. Because like you're saying, sometimes we have fear and that fear becomes fear of fear. So we get so scared that we're feeling scared. We're not even paying attention to what's the root of that. And it, even in psychotherapy or counseling, you know, a really big objective is to start to really kind of calm down that chatter, let take that space to be present and then start to actually pinpoint, like you said. And it's huge. It, it makes such a big difference because you also mentioned 
changing core beliefs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to refer back to counseling, but yeah, so like in a counseling setting, a lot of it is going back and looking at when did I first adopt this belief? Why do I have this belief? And and you you hit the nail on the head when you said there is this culture for some people to just assume never having given even people who had good births it's like this kind of cultural oh you know birthing sucks it's so painful (laughs) yeah and when it's like okay but you that's like uh trying to think of the i guess the stereotype around it sure well and there's also a lot of shame around birth where women that have had relatively pain-free births we don't want to go tell all of our friends because that makes them feel like they've missed out on something or they've been cheated or that we're judging the way that they've birthed. Um, so a lot of women find, you know, oh yeah, I hated that in birth, you know, so we're trying to fit in and belong when our culture is so focused on medicated births. And that's what we've been taught to believe that we need that. And so to kind of go against the grain and be like, well, actually I, (laughs) I birthed this way and it was, it was kind of different, but you know, you may find you don't want to share it because people won't believe you. Or, you know, you're worried about their feelings. Like, I don't want them, they, they had a really painful birth and I, I don't want to rub my birth in their face. So that mentality happens too. But the more I've connected with other people who have practiced hypnobirthing, they have worked on meditations. They've done a lot of you know prenatal yoga practice as well. There's a lot of self-care happening, a lot of relaxation practice happening, you know, a lot of Women that have really educated themselves on birth, you know, they've had generally more successful, easier births. And maybe it's not that their birth was easier, but maybe it's their perception of how their birthing experience happened Mm -hmm. feels different to them. I definitely had pain in my body, but the perception to me of what was happening, you know, and the way that I coped with it was so different than what an exact same experience could have been for another mother. Yeah. There's, there is a lot of science to what you frame certain sensations in your body to. You see that a lot with like trauma, mm-hmm. like people who, you know, maybe were, I don't want to get too, too deep or dark with anybody listening, <laughs> but you know, somebody that maybe had been, I guess, grabbed one time they're about to fall and, and they associated fear with the grabbing of the arm. And so as they get older, right, when you grab your arm, there's like, you may not be falling off this cliff and somebody catching you, but you may associate the grabbing with that and re evokes this fear mentality. And it is kind of interesting how much like fear around birthing plays such a big role and how like it's like transferred. So like one woman could have an extremely traumatic birthing experience and then tell everybody that and kind of like want that to be the belief. And it keeps on cascading to a point where it's like, you got a whole culture that won't give that up. I wouldn't say won't give it up, but maybe, because it's such a strong belief, they're not willing to look at potential different ways. Sure. And we've also, and not to dog like medicine, like medicine absolutely has its place. It's extremely critical. It saved tons of lives. We're not advocating for that. But <laughs> there there does become a point where there's almost like a dependency on medicine to take care of the whole birthing experience and, and neglect the role of the individual and their brain and their body and how that's all connected. I don't know. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it's really well, interesting. What's what's probably funny mm-hmm. is <laughs> hearing a lot of traumatic stories. I had a friend who had an epidural, but it didn't take mm-hmm. on like part of her body. And but because she'd had the epidural, she couldn't move. And then she did have complications and 
it was a very painful birth. And that actually was probably one of the first things that got me thinking, like, I don't know if I want an epidural. What if it doesn't work? <laughs> I'm just trapped and I can't move. Yeah, so yeah. probably looking into unmedicated births were more about me being a control freak and wanting to feel like I could get up and move. But yeah, I, you find so many women that we've, you know, we, our culture has really lost faith in our ability to have manageable birth. I think most women know, well, of course I could do it without pain medication, but there's no support for that. Yeah. In like generally, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, it's such a temptation, especially being in a medical facility when it's there. If we were in a culture where more people, you know, were being more and more open about their birth stories and their positive experiences. Yeah. With time, we probably could go back to our, our history, our roots where, you know, women in villages, women showed up and supported women at birth and <laughs> they knew all the tips and tricks that midwives know. And, and mm-hmm. birth wasn't this scary fearful event. Yeah. And I won't digress into like the history of birthing, but just there's so much abnormal <laughs> about what how we birth nowadays versus how people used to historically birth their babies and villages and you know just how midwives and doulas were just maybe they didn't have those terms, but but that's what they were, you know, the person in the village that handled birth showed up <laughs> and yeah. and all the women showed up and you know and it it wasn't it wasn't what we see in our movies nowadays. So <laughs> just such a different outlook. But yeah. But sure, we've we've passed down generation after generation, pretty dark history of birth in the US and throughout the world, you know, with the invention of modern medicines and you know, women used to not birth in hospitals that didn't come around until much later. <laughs> and so now this idea of I must be in a hospital, I must be in this setting to be safe, you know, just relatively like where am I safest is interesting. So but yeah, I, you know, for me, meditation really helped me look at all of those fears and, and it helped the research that I was reading click and make sense too. So I didn't feel like these are crazy ideas or radical, crunchy ideas. <laughs> like, you know, when you look at birth videos of animals giving birth, it's so fascinating. We don't feel like we need to take our pets to a veterinarian to give mm-hmm. birth. They go off and find privacy and animals aren't making lots of sounds and screaming horrifically. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, birth is so interesting. It's so private and it's so primitive and just so many mammals get so focused and, and women can do the same thing. And I think the meditation really helped me. You know, not that I visualized myself as a mammal giving birth, but it helped me just think like, wow, okay, I'm safe doing this and have faith in my body. Spent nine months growing this human without having to think about it. Mm -hmm. Why do I think I have to show up at the end of this long journey Mm -hmm. and it's just going to fail me? Yeah. So. Did you feel like after doing these meditations, you did feel more connected with your body? Like, did you feel more aware of the sensations and stuff like that? Absolutely. Okay. It was very, and again, like everyone, everyone's birth and everyone's mind kind of does something different. (laughs) It's kind of what you practice and what you want to focus on. But you know, like in early labor, most women, your neocortex is the front part of your brain, I think is very 
open to suggestion, can talk, you're thinking, can have conversations. You know, as a doula, I can come in and start suggesting, let's let's start practicing this. Let's start practicing these comfort techniques. But as labor progresses and women interact with labor, you see a lot of instinctual and spontaneous rituals come out. <laughs> Things that you don't always expect for women to do. You know, they may get really focused on a focal point in the room. Or I had one woman that she had her husband like literally like a pendulum going in front of her face, like swinging a necklace. And she had to stare at that. And like, if he stopped, you're in trouble, you know, like mm. keep, keep my focal point. There was a book I'd read, The Birth Partner by Penny Simpkins. Penny Simpkins. And she, she gave an example. There was a, a woman who had focused on a hole in her husband's t-shirt and like her breathing, I think, don't quote me on these details, but I think when she was breathing, she, I don't know if she was watching the shirt move with her breath, but he, he turned to get a drink of water and she was like, no, <laughs> like come back. Um, but what happens is as we get into deeper labor, the primitive parts, you know, the midbrain and the brainstem, those parts of the brain that are very primal and instinctual take over. And the thinking part of the brain, the neocortex, it just shuts off. And women kind of just lose themselves to birth. We are kind of in a very just primal place. And so whatever rituals people fall into as a doula, you know, we don't try to ask you questions, try to interrupt what you're doing because it's the body's natural instincts take over to learn how to cope. And so because of because I knew that and I'd researched that and I'd practiced doing different visualizations, it was very natural for me to kind of fall into that. And for me, you know, I, I focused a lot on counting and breathing. Um, some women get locked in externally on somebody. Other women like to shut their eyes and they just go inward and there's no talking to them. And that was that was more me. I was very aware of what was happening around me, but I was just very focused internally on coping. And I didn't need anybody to like tell me much. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I wouldn't have wanted somebody to like ask me a bunch of questions while I was focused on what I was visualizing. And I'd practiced finding a really comfortable, relaxing place. So if a contraction ended, I would take my deep breaths and I'd visualize myself there just to kind of help everything go completely limp on my body and relax, catch my breath. I don't want to say find your happy place, but I did. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I'd practiced visualizing like different places so you know, I had one of my spouse and I watching the sunset on a cruise ship. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing like a view on the ocean, you know, and then I had one like of us in like a meadow, just enjoying a really beautiful day in the sun and just perfect weather and watching the grass blow around. And, and then I had visualizations while I was contracting of visualizing my cervix dilating, like that each, each contraction was powerful and productive and it was like, I could just feel what was happening and I knew what was happening. You know, even as, you know, the baby was descending and I started pushing, it's like, I could see everything happening. And so it was just very productive. I felt like my mind was completely connected with what my body was doing. Mm -hmm. We were just one and we were focused and there was not another concern in the world. No one could have like brought up an issue to me. <laughs> I was in the zone. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, it's different for women, what they like to visualize. Some women with contractions will visualize a wave crashing over them. Other women may, it's like a visualization. There was one woman that her husband was drawing a pattern on her back and she knew like when his finger reached the right side that it was, it meant that she was rounding the corner, the contraction was about to let up. And so she could just visualize the shape. And it's just very interesting what people are seeing and feeling. And mm -hmm. <laughs> other people, you know, picture a flower opening or, um, 
surfing or climbing a mountain and then like taking a break or running and stopping, you know, just with contractions, finding flow with what your body's experiencing, having imagery to the sensations you're feeling, but they get kind of fixated on it. And they've that visual aid becomes everything to them. Yeah. So, and I, I do want to connect back, you know, as a doula, when I was going through doula training, I hadn't realized at the time so much of what they were teaching was so strongly correlated to a hypnotic state and women almost enter a hypnotic state <laughs> in the brain, but, but we're taught like the three R's are relaxation, rhythm, and rituals. And so that's what doulas want to help women find when they're in labor. So relaxation, learning to relax your body, your face, swaying, rocking, moaning in some sort of rhythmic pace, um, helping women to go limp between each contraction and helping them focus on their visualizations. So we're trained to teach women to try to find that state mm -hmm. and then, you know, helping them find rituals again. In, in the beginning of labor, we can suggest different rituals. And then as labor progresses, we're trained to identify like, okay, they've found their own ritual. What is it? And to keep an eye out for that and, you know, let everyone else in the room know like, Hey dad, don't move. <laughs> yeah. You can't go to the bathroom right now. <laughs> You've got a hole in your shirt. You gotta this wait. is all that's keeping her together. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then participating in them if we're needed. Um, yeah. Again, some people are internal and then other people heavily rely on don't break eye contact with me. But then finding rhythm with it as well. Finding a cadence to those rituals and to the breathing. Just the, you know, the three R's, they all kind of tie in together. So it's, it's really interesting because after studying meditation and just finding like that doulas are also trying to kind of help women find that state mm. in labor was really interesting to me. We just didn't like say, now we're going to talk about helping people <laughs> reach yeah. a meditative state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it is kind of interesting how many things we do. Like I'll, I'll hear people say all the time, oh, I can't meditate, man. That's just not for me. And I'm like, yeah, you kind of already do. You, you may not realize it, but you know, right. we have rituals. I mean, just all kinds of things like drumming. I mean, whenever I was said to become a certified meditation teacher, they're like, yeah, drumming is a form of meditation. I didn't think about it, but it is like, it's a rhythmic pattern. It's, it's a, you can do it in a ritualistic sense. You can do it in a group, but like, it's just, you lose yourself in a process and you get into flow states or, or more primal states, like what you're talking about. Absolutely. Um, and it's kind of calming when you're in that it, it's, I mean, in a way it's not, but it's, it's finding that safe place, that stability, that, that ground, that groundedness in the midst of a chaotic situation, which right. is, which is well, it's helping the mind be mm -hmm. distracted or to interpret what's happening with the body, it's helping with coping, yeah. you know? And so to break someone's concentration, it's very jarring for anyone who has meditated to like have somebody enter the room or like flip on a light switch or, you know, like yeah. depending on where you're meditating, like it can be very alarming to just like be sh shaken out of it real quick. Mm -hmm. And so during birth, like, again, it's just, it's so primal. It's just so primal. And what the brain's doing. I mean, it's, it's just chilling. It's really, really chilling to, <laughs> to witness it. Yeah. And, and it's just so exciting to like get to be a part of, you know, making those suggestions and seeing when it's working and pitching new ideas and seeing what works for each individual person. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Doula works pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you're either, you know, if you were going to talk to maybe a young mom or someone that's, looking to give birth maybe the next couple of years or even the next couple of months, 
what would be some suggestions you would give them as far as, hey, you know, they maybe want to look into hypnobirthing, they want to maybe get a doula, where does someone start? Because from here, we've given them a pretty basic knowledge about this stuff, but if they want to go in more detail, where would you send them? Well, it really depends on where where they are. <laughs> mm-hmm. They can definitely get connected with a doula, probably just, you know, getting on the internet and finding local doulas. Definitely recommend interviewing a lot of different doulas to find just who your personality clicks with. Most doulas aren't there to press their birthing opinions on you. We're there to make sure that the birth that the mother wants is what she wants. But then you do find some doulas that have preferences and it's pretty apparent how they think you should birth. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you're you're a good match. And if you're someone that feels safest birthing at the hospital and you are you know, absolutely wanting your epidural, um, but you're, you're just wanting the doula there to be a great resource and you're wanting to like maybe labor for a while at home and change your plans or, you know, just anything, you know, you need to find the right doula for you. Someone that vibes with you and will be a good resource for you. But yeah, I would recommend just interviewing different doulas, finding out their experience. You know, most birth professionals, midwives included, and you know, the doulas I had talked to, they didn't push me into hypnobirthing. They let me know about it, but no one was there to say like, you, this is what you need to do to prepare for birth. <laughs> so having someone who's open-minded and is really just going to be a positive, yes, go explore, go explore more. That's some of the best advice I could give. Just do your own research, find what works for you. But yeah, I would start with finding finding a good doula and then asking them for resources, especially depending on what city you're in. They're going to know all the people in the city to connect you with. And if, if they don't know them, they'll have resources to connect with to find them for you. So doulas are great just for birth preparation. Um, you know, what, what type of resources do you need for the birth that you want? If you're wanting a water birth or a home birth, they can connect you with those resources and give you those, you know, here's what you should expect here. Here's the books you should read for that type of birth. We have some mothers that just right out the gate are like, no, I want a C-section. What do I need to do to prepare for that? Well, there's C-section classes. You don't need to go to like (laughs) a birth class if you want to go to a cesarean class. You know, go to a class like that. How do we mentally prepare ourselves for that? What are our expectations? And and women have doulas at C-sections. So how can we make a C-section special for you and build that birth plan? So I I think a doula is really a great starting point. First trimester, getting connected. um, Just to, again, kind of be a birth guide. And outside of that, uh, there's so many resources just for women who if you're still just like, I'm unsure about this. I'll just want to kind of read about it. <laughs> you know, anyone interested in hypnobirthing, again, I did the hypnobirthing home study course that Catherine Clark offered. There's a couple of other popular authors and I, I think I had tried a few out, <laughs> but I didn't like the way their voices sounded. So <laughs> I won't call out what they are because I don't want to like <laughs> to each his own. You may find their voice soothing, but I was really digging the Australian accent. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, there's, there's partner led hypnobirthing. If you do have a partner that is just very emotionally in tune with you and you think you're like, yes, I want to hear their voice through my birth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, getting your partner involved can be great. And then Ina May has fabulous content. She's a very, very popular midwife, probably one of the most famous midwives, I'd say. <laughs> and she's published a couple of books. She has The Guide to Childbirth. That's probably one of my favorites of hers, where she just talks about birth in general. 
a lot of it's unmedicated birth, but it just talks all about birth and, you know, comfort stuff included. The Birth Partner by Penny Simpkins. Penny Simpkins is a doula and she's just kind of led the way. <laughs> I've done so much footwork and wrote a wonderful book. So that's a great book just for parents to read, you know, to be prepared on birth. And that's recommended as one of the criteria for doulas as part of like their training. I'm trying to think there's so much good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if people are looking to find you, where can they find you, Tara? So uh, you could email me. I'm tara.wink.doula at gmail.com. Um, and I'd be happy to help in any way answer questions or just connect you with resources. I'm also, there's a website called meetyourdoula.com and I'm on there. You can look up doulas that are in any city in your area, but I'm also on there. So there's a little blurb about me. You can find out stuff there. I probably should be on Facebook, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I just hate being so strongly tied to Facebook. Um, but a lot of doulas will, you know, make their business page on Facebook. So maybe I'll do that someday. But for now I'm a full-time mom and, um, most of my doula work is just word of mouth and just kind of part-time throughout the year. So I can keep parenting at the forefront. I also have a part-time job doing IT work. IT work brings in the money, but doula work brings in my joy. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you got to find both in life. You yeah. You know, I think long-term I will absolutely like doula work will be what consumes me when my baby's don't need me so much at night still. <laughs> uh, when I can just take off and go and be in a birth for two or three days if I need it. Uh, I, I definitely see it being something I'll do when I retire. Like yeah. it, it will just consume me. My poor husband's going to have to find even more hobbies than he already has. Because yeah. I'll be at birth all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor Jason. <laughs> <laughs> he likes yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, well, cool. I think let me just let check here, but I think that's all we got. Okay, Tara, thank you so much for being the first guest on the yes. Ninja podcast. And I hope thing, I did well. <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Make sure this thing was recording right the whole time. So. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you so much. Probably yes. won't be the last time you're on here. Hope not. <laughs> <laughs> See you. Thank you. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview as much as I did and will continue to like, share, comment, support, subscribe wherever you can subscribe to the podcast and kind of helps motivate us to produce more content like this. If you guys have any other speakers or people in particular that you would like to hear come on this platform, please shoot me an email with any suggestions at emptyrivermeditation at gmail.com. Or you can message and, and engage with us on Facebook at Empty River Meditation. If you guys haven't already, please follow and like and subscribe to that page. But if you don't, hey, nobody's telling you to do anything you don't feel comfortable doing. As always, here at Empty River Meditation, we want to remind you guys that your lives are lived moment to moment. Be mindful for it.